And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, salt and pepper! Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, December 2nd. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, there he is, Tass Mellis. Dudes. Duder. Got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. And last, certainly not least, making the magic happen, super producer, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Like the vid. Comment away and share the show. Go get yourself some No Dunks merch. For the holiday season, go to nodunks.com. we got a classic factory shirt, many sort of uh, team-inspired shirts like that Pacers No Dunks ones because we're always talking about the Indiana Pacers <laughs> on this show. So lots of good stuff. you got the hoodies and the shorts and the mugs. Go to nodunks.com for all of that. want to give a big thanks to everybody for tagging us in their Spotify wrapped lists yesterday, both on Twitter and Instagram. Huh. Oh, is that making us feel pretty damn good, if we're being honest, uh, at the top of a lot of your leaderboards when it comes to podcasts. So so thank you for that. Um, Tass, did you do yours yet? Is No Dunks at the top of yours? Yeah, It's up there. It's up there. I actually, I only got the email today to check my app. Yeah. So I haven't checked mine. I just, I know, I mean, yesterday was such a nice day. I I thought I'd bask in that, everybody sending it along. And then today... It's going to be me and John Legend, I guess. That's, oh, that's my number one artist, my number one fan, my number one, that's my number one everything. I did get a, a kick out of Trey's uh, most listened to artists, uh, which was Grateful Dead by a mile, <laughs> like 400 hours more than your second place, uh, I don't know, Spice Girls or something? Yeah, Spice Girls coming in a close number two at two hours compared to 43 hours for the Grateful Dead. But Skeets, I mean, 43 hours of the Grateful Dead, that's like three songs. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Not that big a, of a deal. Yeah, it's a good yeah. point. Was it, wasn't your top song list had no Grateful Dead in it because it's just one song. <laughs> yeah, my my top songs are basically all uh, Halloween songs. I've said a lot of times on the show, we listen to Halloween music 10 months a year here. Right. I'm not lying. <laughs> like Thriller, number one, Somebody's mm. Watching Me, number two, Monster Mash is very high up. It's basically only Christmas music, Halloween, or the Grateful Dead around here. I got kids. I don't want them hearing all these cuss words. You know? <laughs> uh, just wait till you see Julie Gardner's Spotify rap. <laughs> just Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. Uh, all five spots there. But again, thanks to everybody. Keep it coming. Uh, I know we were retweeting our face off on our uh, No Dunks Inc. Twitter account yesterday with everybody tagging us in those. I think we slowed down at some point because it was they just kept coming and coming and coming. But we love it. So keep doing it. Um, check out yesterday's No Breaks episode if if you're a fan of the Vroom Vrooms, of the fast cars like Tracy Chapman, uh, Trey and Graydon Gordian <laughs> talking about the last three races and then looking ahead 
to this very juicy F1 title race between Verstappen and Hamilton with, what, two races to go? Is that right, Trey? Two races left, one this Sunday, one the following Sunday. It's so juicy, Skeets. We're talking about getting a live stream going after uh, the race on December 12th. The championship should be decided that day. Hopping on, talking cars. Wow, okay. So go uh, check out yesterday's No Breaks episode. That's in our uh, No Dunks feeds, both on YouTube and Apple and Spotify and all that. And then, like Trey said, get ready for the uh, potentially live show after the final checker flag there of the season. That'd be very exciting. Um, speaking of shows, other shows, join us later today on the No Bus channel to discuss last night's Survivor episode... We'll go live with Jason Concepcion around 5, 5.30 here on Thursday. Again, that's on a separate feed. Search for No Buffs Survivor on YouTube and Apple and Spotify if you haven't subscribed already. We'll get into that then. But no dunks, basketball, that's what we do here. And we're going to get into all the games. We will talk about the Bulls and the Heat being penalized. Hmm. How will they ever recover? <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. And we got a bunch of injuries we unfortunately have to like uh, to bring up and talk about and basically debate how concerned we are with each one. We'll do that later in the show. Let's start with the games because we had some good ones uh, last night. We'll start with the Bucks beating the Hornets on Giannis's final seconds layup. Oh, the English on that layup from the Greek freak. Uh, Trey, what do you think of this very exciting game? I love Survivor. I love Formula One. But a game like this reminds me, basketball is my favorite sport. Oh, that last two minutes and 15 seconds, absolute must-watch TV. There's a great clip on YouTube you can find. It's titled, Insane Ending, all caps, exclamation point, so you know it's a banger. I rewatched it this morning, and I can confirm it holds up under repeat viewing. Cannot recommend it enough, but maybe you don't have enough time. Just watch the last eight seconds then. It's like a TikTok. You just kept going and going and going, and you just want to keep watching it. Maybe the most fun eight seconds in the NBA yet this season. Down three, the Hornets have the ball out of bounds. They run a pretty simple play to get LaMelo a look for three, coming off a screen, catch, shoot, cash. Looking like Damian Lillard against the Rockets way back when. Eric Collins went wild. <laughs> Great balls of fire, LaMelo! Of course he hit us with a hum diddly dee. And then Del Curry mentioned he left some meat on the bone. And I was thinking, is it 1957? Is Jerry Lee Lewis on top of the charts with these folksy sayings? Incredible stuff, but guess what? LaMelo did leave 5.9 seconds of meat left on that bone. That is more than enough time for the Bucks to run a play. They basically run a jet sweep for Giannis Antetokounmpo. He starts at half court. Chris Middleton is inbounding. He gets the ball into Drew Holiday, who turns and pitches to Giannis with a full head of steam, basically an empty lane, and he's just attacking P.J. Washington. Catches the ball outside of the three-point line. One dribble, goes into his Euro step, gets to the left side of the hoop, Finishes with the right hand. And like you mentioned, Skeets, incredible English on oh. this shot. The ball is beneath the rim when he shoots it. Yeah. He almost shoots it off the pad, really. Kind of bounces up and in, bounces around the rim, drops in cleanly enough. Bucks up to two seconds left. No timeouts for the Hornets. They get in into Miles Bridges. He takes a couple of dribbles, chucks one up from behind half court, and barely misses. Oh. That was so close to going down. Bucks win a barn barner, 40 points, 
and a game winner for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Still underrated. What a game this was. So much fun to watch. Oh, my God. I'm almost happy Bridges didn't hit the half-court shot, Lee. I, I don't think Aaron Col- Eric Collins would be with us this morning. <laughs> he just self-combusted if he had actually dropped that thing, which did like sort of rattle in and out from half-court. Um, yeah, Trey took us through the ending there. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add. It was very, very exciting. You know, Middleton hit a big three, you know, to get us down into these sort of clutch situations. There was some tough, like, you know, contact being happening, whether they are fouls or not, and let's have looks at them. But it was uh, it was a thriller, this one. Yeah, and the Hornets probably wake up this morning and just think, how did we lose that? They were in control for most of this game, I thought. They played a fantastic game. Lamelo had the career high. He had the eight threes, played fantastic. But that championship sort of uh, quality just shined through in the end. And I think as well, that last play, Budenholzer drew up a really good play. Get the ball to our biggest guy going straight at the hoop and let's just see what happens. I think so many times we see in that situation, milk the clock, someone goes and settles for a jump shot. Instead, it was just like, just charge in and see what happens. And uh, and it worked. And then, yeah, the Bridges shot was a bit like Gordon Hayward in the college uh, final. When was that? Like 2010 or something like that. Just rimmed out. You kind of, I mean, uh, you know, you said you're sort of happy it didn't go in. I would love to have actually seen it go in. It would have been sort of a, a just reward for the Hornets who played one of their best games of the season. So, unfortunately, they come up short. I will say for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, DeMarcus Cousins played last night. Yeah. I, I thought very impressive overall. Uh, looks in great shape. He looks as thin as I can re- remember seeing him. He's obviously got himself uh, and kept himself ready for an opportunity like this. And he gave them something. Hit a three-pointer. I think he finished with seven points there. Defensively, maybe he wasn't quite, uh, you know, not quite as quick as I'd like him to be. But that'll come with uh, game time. But overall, the fact that they just picked him up off the scrap heap to basically replace the Brook Lopez minutes, I think is going to be, uh, it's so far after one game, a fantastic sign. But this was uh, a great game, had some great moments, a couple of uh, flagrant fouls there. Uh, uh, Gordon Hayward just belted uh, yeah. uh, Grayson Allen there, got him right flush on the chin. That was uh, that was a pretty big moment. That, Nobody uh, likes Grayson Allen, even Gordon <laughs> yeah. Hayward. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's one of those ones where you, I would have gone into this thinking the Milwaukee Bucks probably win this fairly comfortably, but Charlotte battled right to the end, but unfortunately they just couldn't pull it out. So uh, tough for them, but a really fun finish. Yeah, yeah they're a fun team. Yeah, they're fun team. Period. I think they should be everybody's second favorite team, or the casual fans' number one team, because they fly up and down. They've got the announcers. They they've got the uh, the, the jerseys. They shot 51 threes in this game, 51 threes. And Melo shot 15 of them, and he hit eight of threes. Lamelo Ball mm-hmm. career high 36. What a what a great game for him. Uh, it, definitely too much meat on the bone with the five plus seconds there for Giannis at the end, because they've had this scenario in the past on the athletic Eric name went through all the end of game plays where Yanis had a few seconds left last year. There was one where there was like two and a half seconds left and that just wasn't enough time for Yanis to get the ball from the guy who got inbounded to and, you know, get that jet sweep as, as Trey said, the handoff. So he pulled up in that instance, but the 5.8 seconds, too much time for a guy to go one-on-one and PJ Washington played it well uh but he couldn't finish but anyways an amazing ending to this game and i thought it was kind of a a ho-hum night to start the night on a nine game night just wasn't seeing a lot of not a lot of great games we're getting some emails we're getting some messages saying nine games this night sucked you know what the nba needs (laughs) on their nba app they need to show like if you're looking at all the games they need to have little icons of what your friends are watching or let's say what we're watching you get a little little skeets icon in the top left logo or the top left corner of the milwaukee charlotte game to see what you're watching because i just did a peloton workout not an ad 
and I see what my friends where are my friends working at. Oh, they're oh. doing a body weight, doing some Cossack lunges with Rebecca Kennedy. <laughs> sure, I'd love to do that. So you know, just to get the expert's opinion on what games you're watching, because it did start kind of a yeah mm, lousy night. I tuned into Survivor at 7:58. I was early for Survivor. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. so, you weren't feeling those seven o'clock starts. Uh, no, those games. The, Pacers, yeah. the, the Hawks did it. Of course they did it. They beat the Pacers, who can never get a win. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a decent idea, just to you know get people excited about the games. Okay, it's funny you brought that up. Have you ever clicked on Watch Party? On NBA League Pass? I've Have seen you, that. I've tried it, and it never has worked for me. So I don't even know really what it is. I, I assume it's like Similar, you could do with yeah. Netflix there, where we could all be watching the same movie, and we can all be uh, chatting to each other, right? It's similar to what you're sort of saying. Yeah. Cass. I, I like what you're saying, like the little alert where I'm at, where my eyeballs, uh, what game I'm mm-hmm. on. But yeah, it never works for me. So I... I don't know, maybe people in the stream team. Uh, I've tried a couple times. Like, oh, this could be cool. We could do something with this, obviously. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's not ready. Or maybe it's my computer. Lee, have you given it a go? <laughs> no, I haven't because uh, I try to stay focused on the game these days. Because in That's the past, true. you know, when you got those games, nine games and Twitter going like crazy last night as well. Again, you can get to like 9.30 and just go, I don't actually know what game I just watched or what did I miss? What did I see? You know, did this happen last night or the night before? So I actually try to disconnect a little bit these days just so I can uh, absorb a game. And uh, I mean, it's working sometimes. Other times though, you've got FOMO badly, you know, because you do check in on Twitter. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, I've got to switch over to that game. So it's crazy. I think uh, you with your like clips that you sometimes need to get up, like you're like, oh, couldn't God, get anything last night uh, because, you know, the same thing. You're sort of like, you're focusing on one and you're like, I can't, I can't sort of go away from that and get distracted by this other game. Yeah, I, I hear you, you, I need, hear you. you need like four computers going sometimes, I think. And maybe I need an intern, someone who can. Uh... Oh, oh, <laughs> Ellis, no, this is where I draw the line. Okay, you literally give you give your roles to everybody else as it is. Not your one actual job of watching the games and commenting. No, well, well, you can't well. also give that to an intern. They they can be like, oh, this could be a good clip, sort of a thing, rather than you know, you know I'm not I'm just going to be on the couch watching Survivor with you guys. I mean, I'm going to be like you know, locked in on one game. That's it. All right. Well, uh, we are now looking for a Lee intern. You can uh, at him on Twitter at Lee Ellis. Uh, you know, with your uh, your resume and why you would make a great intern helping me, uh, I guess, cut clips. I had one final thought on this uh, wild game. I just thought it was a great point from Frank Madden, who's uh, a longtime uh, Bucks writer. He said, quote, The best part about this regular season, as a Bucks fan, obviously, we can just enjoy the greatness of Giannis without any of the, but what happens in the playoffs, and yeah, well, regular season, regular season games don't matter, qualifiers that have hung over this team for the last two years. Basketball is fun and life is short. Enjoy it. It's a good point, though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that does happen. If the Bucks hadn't won last year, we unfortunately, Trey would probably be saying a lot of the same. Oh, wow, awesome. Another 40-point... 12 rebound, 9 assist game, game winner. That was cool. Eh, well, let's see what happens in the playoffs. That's just what we naturally do. But we don't have to do that anymore with Giannis. It's, it is nice. It's refreshing. Yeah, but honestly, I still think that there can be a little bit more Giannis love. If LeBron goes for 40 points and hits a game winner like sure. that, especially in a game um, against LaMelo, you know, a huge superstar right now, it's a bigger deal. I yeah. think you saw more tweets about LaMelo hitting the three than you saw for... With uh, Giannis actually finishing the layup there, so I don't know. Giannis is somehow still underrated despite having a title, two MVPs, and a defensive player of the year. 40 points and a game winner. That was incredible. I love seeing him and LaMelo trading jerseys afterwards. 
I was really hoping that Giannis would put on Lamelo's jersey. Because <laughs> <laughs> do you think he could like even get it over his shoulders? I don't know. Lamelo's pretty skinny compared yeah. to Giannis. Yeah, when they both had their just their singlets on underneath, you could really notice the difference there. Oh, and like Lamelo just looked like a little kid <laughs> next to Giannis. So. But it would have been hilarious if, if Giannis was sort of walking around like that with his jersey on. <laughs> oh and, yeah, yeah. Good. If Lamelo put Giannis's on, yeah. goes down to his knees. Or something. Like, like Kuzma, he would have been Kuzma in the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. Uh, this is not bad here. Just bringing it back to Leah looking for an intern. Uh, Lauren says, maybe a pick and payoff is uh, I have to be your intern. Oh, <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> pretty good one. Oh, <laughs> you know I would hate it, so yeah. uh, it would be a punishment. <laughs> That's a pretty good idea, Lauren. So maybe there's something there. Okay, let's keep it going with the games. Uh, we'll go to one that was really high scoring there in the Hornets Bucks to one that was not tasked. But Jason Tatum led the Celtics past the 76ers. 88 to 87. Wow. Uh, and I checked, they played all four quarters uh, mm-hmm. in this game. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah, no team got to 25 points in any quarter. It was not fun. I mean, yeah, you go from that skilled finish from Yanis with that finger roll to this ugly thing that you would not see any of our little avatars in the corners. It was ugly. Mm-hmm. Nobody should be watching this game. Uh, the, the thing is uh, a little scary for the Sixers. If we remember... Wasn't that long ago? They started eight and two, and they were atop the Eastern Conference. They've gone three and nine since. If the playoffs ended today or started today, they wouldn't be in it whatsoever. Not even in the play-in tournament. And uh, Joel Embiid's a little scary after he missed those nine games, COVID protocols. He's had a, a couple bad ones in a row, and he's shooting forty point forty point seven percent on the season. Joel Embiid. Uh, he's he's getting doubled and he's just not comfortable that jumper where he was hitting from mid-range last year over and over and over again he had spectacular percentages from there uh, he can't hit and uh, the scary part is that Tyrese Maxey has slowed down so they don't really have good guard play Matisse Thibel can't hit a thing he's shooting like 25% on catch and shoot threes uh, so it was horrendous now the Celtics have a good defense and they've been mm-hmm. really good this year. And Al Horford has always been pretty good against Joel Embiid. Uh, but Embiid was 38-9 and nine against the Celtics last year. Even Horford and uh, Mr. Freedom and Robert Williams should not be able to stop Embiid. But uh, this is the scary thing for the Sixers. Now they're at 500. And I think they're a, little, a lot closer, I should say, to a 500 team than they are to a, a number one team in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. So even though the Celtics are a really good defensive team, uh, they should not be being able. They should not just be able to stop Joel Embiid this way. And, and so I think the scary part for Embiid is that yeah, he missed those games, and now I just don't know when he's going to get that mojo back. And uh, yeah, the seven, it came down to a last possession as well, where they tried to get Embiid the ball, but the the Celtics blew it up, and Robert Williams blocked a, a shot from the corner. Um, but just an ugly, horrendous game uh, because the Celtics have the 29th ranked fourth quarter offense in this league and uh the numbers prove out and they prove the eye test because you don't want to watch them on offense and uh yeah this was a 90s eastern conference game the celtics are at 12 and 10 because their defense wins games so they have to find a way to to figure out their offense too so a couple teams struggling in an eastern conference uh where years prior if you're a 500 team you're making the playoffs in the eastern conference you know you're seventh eighth easy uh, a lot of the times the eighth place team didn't even have a 500 record, but now now there's too many teams like the Hornets we're talking about that are up there. Uh, so the Sixers, again, sitting at 500 or 11th in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, Lee, did you catch at least the end of this, that, that final play like Tass was talking about where 
you know, they are going to try and go to Embiid, but it, it, they, they sort of, their switch happens. They don't go that way. Horford really pressures Tobias Harris into, uh, I think, panicking a little bit, but he penetrated, found Yang in the corner, and Robert Williams, Time Lord, I mean, he is a long, tall guy, got the fingertips. I think Yang probably hits that three. I mean, it was like, going to be in rhythm, corner three, guy can shoot. Who knows? I mean, it doesn't even get to the rim, so we don't know. But he blocks it. Uh, it was a good defensive play. And the Celtics are up to fifth defensively in the league. That's how they're winning these uh, ugly games, as as Tass called it. Yeah, this one uh, was a grind, and that got, shot goes in. It's like, well, the uh, Sixers outlast the Celtics last night in a defensive yeah. struggle. But it wasn't the case. The fact is, though, that Al Horford, what a relationship he has with Philadelphia. You know, before he joined Philadelphia, he kind of had a reputation for slowing down and beat. He goes to Philadelphia. It doesn't really work. He goes to OKC, doesn't play at all. Then he goes back to Boston. He's 35, and he basically did sort of save that game, I think, last night. Tobias Harris just couldn't get around him. You know, Al Horford's always been an underrated defender. He's just a smart guy. He knows how to play, and he just made life difficult. Tobias Harris had a bad game. Again, this is the thing with Tobias Harris. He's been okay this season. He's averaging around 20 a game. But on a night like that last night, they need him really to step up. They're not getting it out of Joel Embiid. They need somebody to step up. Seth Curry was probably their best player, and Harris just didn't have it there. So, you know, this is the problem here with the Sixers is is, is they need someone to be able to really fill in those gaps when Embiid has a bad night like he did last night. I think three for 17 he finished. And it wasn't their then second highest paid player, Harris, coming through in the clutch. So if, if it's not that guy, then you're going down the roster. You, you're hoping for Maxi. You're hoping for Seth Curry to carry you more than they should have to. Uh, and so it's, it's a bad loss. But yeah, the Sixers have cooled off. The Celtics seem to have improved a bit too. Jason Tatum had a very strong game, I thought, last night. And, uh, you know, between a couple of old rivals, this was just one of those games from the 90s. But... This was probably one of those ones that we don't want to talk about with the 90s because I didn't think it was a great game. I didn't think it had a lot of flow to it. It was a bit of an uglier one and just had that low score. So it's like referred to as a 90s game, but uh, not all of them were beautiful back in those days. Even I could admit that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Trey, anything to add to the Celtics one-point victory here? Do you consider this a revenge game for Al Horford? (laughs) Of sorts. Of sorts, but he chose to go to Philadelphia. Yeah, Yeah. He doesn't seem like a very vengeful guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree, but he was great. I thought uh, the pickup on Harris on that last play was a clutch, and that was like that was brain defense right there, knowing that I got to pull off a switch. They don't have a ton of time, so I'm just sticking here, and like you're saying, Skeets, pressure the ball, make it tough to get it to Embiid. That gave Williams the chance to chase Niang down to the corner and get a hand up on that. So great yeah. stuff from Horford. He's actually been really good this season. You know, yeah. He didn't do much for the, uh, the Thunder last year. They set him down, say, rest up. You got to play for a good team next year. He's working out okay. His defense has been part of the reason they've been able to string a few wins together here. So uh, his improvement, I think, has been helping the Celtics, though. Not a revenge game if you choose to sign there. You know? <laughs> no, probably that doesn't not. count the same. I saw Jay King at The Athletic. Get yourself in a subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Um, in writing about the Celtics, like he pointed out to us, like they could be a lot worse than 12 and 10 when you go through all that's happened to the Celtics this year. Like Tatum has not played well, like way too many brutal shooting nights. Jalen Brown has missed what nine games. Robert Williams, time Lord. He missed seven games. They've got nothing from young guys. Like they thought maybe Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Neesmith. You already brought up the fourth quarter offense. It's nearly the worst in the league. They've given up tons of big leads, just hideous collapses, as he wrote. And they're bottom 10 in the league in three-point percentage, assists, overall offense. Like, they just can't score. And they're 12-10. and 10. Like, I mean, you say all of that, 
And it could somehow be worse. This is not a great year. I don't think Celtics fans are happy with a 12-10 and 10 record, but maybe there's some hope still that they can climb the standings, I think, is what I'm saying here with that. If that offense can unlock itself a little bit to go with what is a now, again, looking like an elite defense. Yeah, totally. It's kind of up to Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart to, to make it work along with Tatum and Brown. And are those guys going to gel? Al Horford might be sort of the, the key cog in that offense to, to keep that ball moving. That's what new coach Ime Udoka keeps saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's got to touch it. Everybody's got to touch it, and it just hasn't happened offensively. But lucky, luckily, Horford, yeah, has really made the thing go defensively, and they're yeah, winning games because they're top five defensively, which you wouldn't expect. We're going to find out how good they are in a hurry here because their December schedule is nothing but opponents over 500. And that includes a five-game Western Conference road trip with, like, the Jazz and the Blazers and the L.A. teams and the Suns in there. So we'll see if the Celtics' defense can hold up or if the offense can catch up a little bit. Another game from last night. Oh, let's talk Pacers. Trey Young makes key free throws to lead the Hawks. Caca, past the Indiana Pacers. 114-111. Lili, what do you got? Uh, thank God I've got another referee controversy to talk about yes. in this one because... Uh, <laughs> The Hawks had the ball. Trey Young had the ball with under 30 seconds to go. The Hawks leading by a point. Trey Young sort of getting ready to go for one of his bombs. He loses possession. Malcolm Brogdon picks it up, throws it to Chris Dorte, who's running in. Looks like he's got an open lane. And then he kind of leaves it short on the rim. Now, in real time, watching it, you just think he just left it short. But when you look at it in the replay, Kevin Herter clearly grabs, you know, his jersey and sort of prevents him from scoring. And Tony Brothers is right there, doesn't call anything. Rick Carlisle's obviously fuming on the side. The Pacers are screaming, that was a foul, you missed it. Now, they did miss it. There's no no question they, they missed it, but they didn't make any call. So it wasn't reviewable anyway, even if... Now, Rick Carlisle and the Pacers did not have a challenge left. They'd used it already, so they couldn't have challenged it even if they had one because the whistle didn't blow. So, uh, unfortunately here for the Pacers they didn't get a chance to at least shoot free throws, which could have either tied the game or put them in front. Instead, uh, the Hawks get the ball back. Trey Young goes to the free throw line and f- finishes this game with a three-point victory. But, uh, so, look, they missed the call. There's no doubt they missed the call here. But, um, ultimately, the Atlanta Hawks won this game and the Pacers just weren't good enough defensively. The, the Atlanta Hawks shot the ball incredibly well from three uh, and they just didn't defend that Indiana. That's their problem here. Yeah, 16 for 33 from downtown for the Atlanta Hawks. Now, this was a Hawks team, mind you, that's missing Cam Reddish. Hunter's still out. Bogdanovich was out. Nate McMillan was even out for this one uh, because of uh, a, a close contact with coronavirus. So he may be out here for a couple of games. He's uh, isolating there. And the, so this was a game... You know, I talked about yesterday, the Pacers have had some incredibly good wins this season, but they've also had some stinkers. And this was a game, I think, they really could have won uh, and should have played better, but they were down most of it. They came back from a double-digit lead and tied it, actually led by five points. And then after that five-point lead, Danilo Gallinari had two wide-open threes. So... The Pacers' problem from this game is not the last play, which where they, you know, they, they, it didn't go their way. It was how they played for 47 and a half minutes, not defending an Atlanta team that was down significant bodies. So they come out of this one, and, and Atlanta's a good road win for them. They haven't had a good uh, record on the road this season. But Indiana, if you look at Indiana, I think they've got four quality trade pieces there in Brogdon, Sabonis, Turner, and Karis LeVert. Collectively, though, you know, this team, a lot of those guys have been together for a long time. They just don't seem to be all that inspiring. They just don't seem to have 
almost great chemistry out there. You know, we talk about continuity a lot. They got that. But honestly, pretty pretty miserable performance from them at home last night against a team, as I mentioned, shorthanded like they were. So Pacers can, can complain about that last call, but ultimately they lost this game uh, by not, just not defending at all well for most of the game. Yeah, we're a quarter of the way through the season. NBA GMs, pull your head out of your asses. Let's get some trades going here. I'm talking about you, Maury, with Simmons. Yeah, and you in, up in Indiana with like a Turner or something like that. Maybe the Raps and Masai Ujiri with Pascal Siakam. Maybe the Kings with Fox. Like, let's let's go. I know we got to wait till that December 15th date. That's a big one when you include a bunch more players. But you're starting to realize some of these teams are maybe not all that good. Right, Tass? And maybe moves will be made. Blazers could be another one. You know, they can't lose at home. They can't win on the road. There's, there's a shakeup coming, I think, for some of these squads in a couple weeks here. For sure. We just talked about the Celtics. I mean, if they're sort of middling, then... Why not blow that thing up? As similar to the Pacers here. It seems like everybody, when they talk about the Pacers, they're talking about trade pieces because it, it, it does make sense. There's, they have a lot of good parts as Lee was going through. It was kind of odd to see them extend Malcolm Brogdon, which means they can't trade Brogdon yeah. this season. Uh, but, yeah, the rest of them, I, I mean, I think I'm most disappointed in Karis LeVert uh, because he has star potential seemingly written on him when he was a member of the Brooklyn Nets and and then the four-way trade happened and then uh, he had the health scare but that dude should be able to drop 25 he has in playoffs past you know when he was uh when he was the number one guy there for the Pacers uh for a little playoff run so that's that's probably the guy that they expect besides the bonus to to take off but yeah the chemistry is lacking yeah they, it's hard to watch that team you know they they're uh a surprisingly 9-15 and 15 when, uh, you know, they should be far better. Uh, just to run through the other scores from last night, the Kings squeaked out a victory in L.A. They beat the Clips 124-115. Jayshon Tate scored 32 as uh, they uh, the Rockets rallied to beat the Thunder with Drake in attendance. Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> what? Do we know why? In all honesty, Drake? No. Uh, I was listening to the Daily Ding this morning. Andrew Schlecht was hosting. He's an Oklahoma City Thunder yeah. guy. He was there. Said Drake showed up uh, right at the beginning of the second half. Nobody knew why. He was, <laughs> <laughs> he was just there. Apparently, Shea Gilchrist Alexander was like, yeah, I know him. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know him. We're okay. both Canadian. Yeah. Just love uh, ball. He loves ball. Maybe he's the new Goldstein. There was a funny, uh, Goldstein, yeah. a funny Drake uh, Instagram post. Did you see? Like, he's sitting beside just a... a old white couple sitting sideline in OKC and he just like took a selfie with them and put my parents <laughs> just a funny photo I laughed uh, we had Luka Doncic and the Mavs they started hot to beat the Pelicans 139-107 just hammered them Wizards beat the Timberwolves I was excited for this early start they beat them 115-107 Carl Anthony Towns I don't know if you saw it lately uh, he got he got hurt late they're saying it's not all that serious like he dunked hung on the rim and then landed right on his ass, right on his tailbone uh, near the end of that game. But he should be okay. But nice yeah. win from the Wizards there. Also, yeah, he, oh, go ahead. Oh, just he will be sore as anything this morning. That's that's one of those ones that like there's just <laughs> needs no an flesh. intern to put an ice. He does. Yeah, I just imagine him sitting on the plane as well. Like that must be just awful. That hopefully, you know, as you say, it's nothing serious and he's and he's not out for any time here. But one of those ones where you just see him land flush on yeah. the on the tailbone there. Oh. Gross. Uh, Cole Anthony scored 23 as the Magic rallied against the Nuggets. They ended their seven-game skid. And then just one I wanted to touch on. I don't know if you guys want to touch on any of those, but uh, Kevin Love scored 22 points. 
Kevin Love is at times playing for the Cavs and has these games where he hits a bunch of three-pointers. It's six, I think, last night. The Cavs ended a 20-game losing streak in Miami, though. Now, no Butler, no Bam Adebayo. We'll get to Bam later in the show. But that's something there. It was a dominant victory after uh, a dominant victory against, who was that? The Mavericks, is that right? Where yep. uh, Cleveland went in there. So there are two quality wins. Jared Allen, 19-11, and 11, had a huge alley-oop dunk last night. This guy's going to have a really weird highlight mixtape when his career is all said and done from both sides of it like big dunks and big blocks from him but also being dunked on because that's happened a couple times because he challenges a bunch of people evan mobley 17 and 11 as well so good stuff there and i saw this morning in the ap report this is the first season since 2000 2001 that cleveland hasn't been below 500 after just 22 games without lebron on the roster so there yeah that's the little catch there that's good stuff, though. I mean, look, Tass, like, I, I know you love the Cavs. Love the I was Cavs. skeptical they could keep up the hot start. You know, then Mobley goes out. Yeah, they looked like they were going to be maybe of the, more of the old Cleveland Cavaliers, but they're, they're really not. They they look like a 500 squad over the course of a season, at least to me. Uh, and these are two really nice victories. Helped, of course, with a couple guys not playing for Miami last night. It wouldn't have been surprising to see them fold after a good start like last year when they had a good start as well, um, but then they folded after all those injuries. Uh, this year, again, Colin Sexton was their leading scorer, yeah. gone for the season. Mobley was out. Jared Allen was out. Isaac Okoro hasn't played a huge part. He was out. He was their number five pick just last year. And how do they do it? How do they stay afloat? Uh, they really have a team that is working hard together and they uh, they have a deep team. And yeah, they, that whole every guy steps up, the next, next man up mentality is really happening in Cleveland. So they will not disappoint. If you tune in at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday night, they will not disappoint. 82 <laughs> games. They had, they had a tough stretch where they played the Nets, they played the Warriors, they played the Suns. And, and so they went on a losing streak, but they're yeah. still in all those games. They don't disappoint. I, I have been uh, really, really impressed. Uh, just a note from the Heat side of things, too. Duncan Robinson went scoreless in mm. seven field goal attempts, ending his franchise record of consecutive games with a three-pointer made at how many games, Lee? Uh, it's about 69. 69. Oh, it's nice. that many. Oh, it's not yeah. that far. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's done. Anyway, just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I should have went to Trey. Yeah, got buddy. It. I was guessing 69 <laughs> even if it wasn't close. You see what percentage You see what percentage the Mavs shot last night? Oh, oh got yeah, 69? It, <laughs> it wasn't 69, but it was Let's round high. it up. 69. <laughs> 68.7. That's insane. Yeah. Only... See how many... Uh... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. No, I was going to say, see how many dunks Montrez Harrell had last night? <laughs> 69. 10. It's okay. mm. a lot of dunks. Mm. Have we just turned, hey, what about this guy into, hey, what about this yeah. stat? That's what's happening. Yeah, let me see if I got 69. any up in here. Let me uh, have a good do you guys have oh, any... Oh, you, uh, you, uh, you guys hear about Trey Young? Yes. No. Got one mayoral vote in New York City. I did. Oh. <laughs> okay, geez, now. Not in Atlanta? In New York City? In New York City, yeah. Right in NBA players got some votes and somehow traded. Nice. From the Bing Bong guy. 
He voted for him. Uh, any other notes from any of those games, though, guys, before we take our first break, and then we'll get to the NBA news and some of the injuries. Lee, you got anything? Uh, just Cole Anthony had another post-gamer last night. Not not his best work, I think, mm-hmm. uh, but he was still there. He's always great. He's just got such positive energy. I mean, you listen to Cole Anthony after a game, and you're just like, you just want to run through a wall for that guy. You know, he's so mm-hmm. happy, so so happy to be back. They got a good win against a good team. He played another great fourth quarter, and uh, yeah, he that 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 post-game. Uh, press conference or, or on-court interview I should say is always something to look forward to I, with him I want to tell people writing like the headlines for the AP reports for games I don't think you can just go Anthony in the headline with right him. right it, like there's too many like, you my mind doesn't go to Cole Anthony yeah he's a he's a two-name guy for sure Mm-hmm. So put Cole there. It's a short name too. It's not going to take up that many characters in your headline, right, Tass? Like I see it. It's like mm-hmm. Anthony goes for twenty three as the Magic beat the Nugget. I'm like, oh, okay, come on, just put Cole. It's a great name too. It's a great name. He's a two namer. He's a two. It's, it's not Carmelo Anthony. He's also a two namer. It's not Anthony Davis. It's not Carl Anthony. There's a lot of Anthonys out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I actually think he's a two name, one name because it's like it just it's a run on Cole Anthony. You know, it's not, Anthony. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like that guy who used to call uh, Shagilgis, you know, it's like, it's like one name, even though it's right. two names. So it's yeah. Cole Anthony. Okay. All right. Well, let's get Cole in those headlines. All right. We're going to take our first break. Then when we come back, we'll talk about the heat and bulls having to forfeit second round picks and we'll get to all of the injuries. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, back with NoDunks here on a Thursday. Some NBA news for all of y'all. And this is a... Well, this is going to be interesting, I think, this little discussion, because the NBA announced that the Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls will each forfeit their next available second-round pick following an investigation into both teams' free agency discussions. Now, the league's investigation focused on possible tampering violations involving the sign-and-trade deals for Kyle Lowry, who's, of course, with the Heat, and Lonzo Ball, who's on Trey Kirby's Bulls there, that were completed back in free agency. 
So I guess the first question I have off of this is, does the punishment here fit the crime, TK? You know, second round picks. Pick, I should say, for each team. Uh, What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Just a little taparoo. A nice tap, tap, tappy on the wrist for the Bulls and the Heat. Not much of a punishment because this is not much of a crime, Skeets. Everybody tampers, and I think that's kind of what the league is saying here. Both the Bulls and the Heat cooperated here. So they're losing just a second round pick. As Hollinger mentions in his write-up, it might be 2024 or 2028 by the time the Heat get rid of their second round pick. The Bulls are looking like 2026. Kyle Lowry could be gone from the Heat and Lonzo Ball could be gone from the Bulls by the time that happens. And obviously the Bulls will have their seventh championship, so that's fine. Basically, this is a don't make it too obvious tax. Like I said, every team tampers. Even Hollinger mentions that when he was the GM for Memphis... We were talking to potential free agents and their agents. I also think it's totally worth it because both teams got the player they wanted here. Yeah. If you want to get a second round pick in 2026, pay the two and a half million dollars. These are both big markets. They're going to be able to afford it. Really, the only team that should be pissed is the Bucks because they got docked a second round pick for the Bogdan Bogdanovich deal, but they didn't even get to sign Bogdan Bogdanovich. So they just lost out on the pick without getting the player. I don't have a problem with this. I mean, it's it's basically just saying, hey, wait 10 minutes to announce your sign-and-trade. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, this all feels like a waste of time and energy, if I'm being honest, Lee. I don't know what your take is on it. Because, like, this is nothing. Trey's right. I mean, mm-hmm. the teams do this, and they don't really come down hard on them. Like, this is nothing for these teams, a second-round pick. It's, it's absolutely nothing. This was like Gareth Keenan's investigation uh, at the office. Remember that? <laughs> it went nowhere. Um, but but the, the, the problem here is, like, and Zilla talked about it in his newsletter this morning, basically if your team's eliminated from the playoffs or the season, then you should be able to talk to those free agents. And I think that's right because we know that happens anyway. And if we're talking about tampering, we just had in the summer, LeBron and Anthony Davis had Lillard over for an Italian pasta lunch. And basically in the article there by Chris ba- Chris Haynes, Lillard sort of said he had some hesitation about joining a super team, but then the Lakers were privately starting to prepare to see if they could get him. So, I mean, surely that's worse, isn't it? When you've got LeBron and Anthony Davis saying, hey, jump away from that team and see if we can if you want to come here we'll make that happen i think that's really a whole lot worse than this sort of stuff that but we, that's I, player to player I mean, yeah what, but that's still tampa- possibly what, gonna, well. but that's the thing like how is how is like uh, getting lonzo ball talking to his agent saying we're going to offer you this on you know minute one of free agency how is that worse than lebron saying come and join my team you know and so th- this is the thing I, th- I think the nba is trying to sort of say don't make it so obvious as trey alerts to there but it, you can't stop it. You can't stop people talking. And if there's a player you desperately want, and maybe the owners are saying to the uh, to the GMs, just make sure that guy knows exactly how much we're going to give him on, on uh, minute one because we don't want to miss out on that guy. So people are going to talk. They're going to exchange messages. It's impossible to stop. So I think they should almost just not try to stop it. Tass, what do you think about this? Yeah, until there's a real punishment, then this isn't going to make any sort of waves around the league. Now, our man John Hollinger, who used to be in the Grizzlies front office, said we always are talking and we start talking yeah, in the months prior. So I'm not sure what the uh, what, what this punishment even means, really, uh, because we, we always do it. Uh, but he also called it uh, a warning shot. Uh, so I, 
I, I, I guess it's trying to you know push back the date. I, I, I like I do think it is different than players talking because LeBron, yeah, as much as uh, he wants to have you over for an Italian pasta dinner, as you said, Lee. I mean, what other kind of pastas are there? It's, it's an Italian pasta. Every pasta I think you know what? Italian. Maybe I, maybe it was an Italian salad then. Maybe I, I got right. it wrong. Mm, yeah, 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 I think it, I think you're right. I think it was an Italian dressing. It was a chopped old chopped salad. Get those pecorinos in there for sure. Um, I think, uh, well, yeah, I do think it's different than the players, but until somebody says, hey, we're taking a first-round draft pick from you, then the talks are still going to go on in June and, and May. But I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything, as you guys have said. I don't, I don't think it really means anything. <laughs> yeah, I think, the, I think the league pretends this is a big deal, but then it happens pretty blatantly. I mean, this is what was going on here, these complex multi-party deals that are somehow arranged and ready to go the second we hit officially free agency that's tampering but then they don't really come down hard on it so that's fine like i'm i'm in i'm in the camp then stop pretending it's such a big deal and just let it happen like even like even a second round pick shouldn't be a punishment for this because teams are obviously doing it as sean mccabe says here warning shot it's about as threatening as my dad threatening to turn the car around and go home. Yeah. Right, right. I think I None saw Bob, Bobby Marks was using the analogy of like, it was like a parking ticket. Yeah. Is what, is what uh, they got. And, his, and he kept going with the car analogy. He was like, it's like, it's like going 35 in a 25. Or, yeah. or maybe, maybe the Bulls in Miami were going 35 in a 25 and everybody else was going 30. You know, like everybody was... Everybody was breaking the law, <laughs> you know, in this in this case, like tampering, talking with agents beforehand and all that. But they just went, went like, a little too much, a little mm. too excessive. And uh, and instead of getting a speeding ticket, they actually got a parking ticket was uh, to wrap it up there nicely for Bobby Marks. Wow, I did a pretty good job. Took him seven minutes to get to that, but I did it in like 30 seconds. Uh, but Big yeah, car guy over there. Yeah, I love cars. Oh, my God. Well, here's a, what about this take? Shouldn't the Pelicans and uh, the Raptors also get in trouble for this? Because clearly they were engaged in the sign and trade. They had to be involved in the trade part of it. Yeah, That's tampering. You're looking at another team's players and talking about the ones you want. Give them a parking ticket. Yeah, well, that's why this is so stupid, though. Lowry, on the Raptors at the trade deadline, was linked to the Miami Heat. Like, they're, they're talking about potential trades at the trade deadline during the season when you legally can. Same with Lonzo Ball, if I remember correctly. Yep. He was linked to the Bulls uh, being there on the Pelicans. So it's like they're having those conversations, and they have to task. Like, they're talking to the agents of like, well, if we make this happen, you know, is the possibility, is Lowry going to sign long-term? What type of deal are we looking at? You know, same with Lonzo. So it's like that's why these are really silly to me. It's like they were happening during the season, and then, yeah, they've talked. <laughs> yeah, but you're calling it tampering? Uh, I don't know. It's, I think it's, again, a complete waste of time and energy. Yeah, and the weird thing the investigation. is we're yeah. talking about uh, the moratorium, moratorium, moratorium period, right? Mm. Because that's the point from it used to be July 1st to July 7th where you could talk and then the deals get announced on July 8th, but the deals are already announced on July 1st. They're just not official officials. So obviously the talks have been going on before July 1st. Mm-hmm. Every time, every year. I've seen people say, with the punishment too, like, okay, second round picks are are off the board. And that's what happens here, by the way. Like, those picks are just like, they're just gone. So it's like, there will be 59 picks in, <laughs> in those years. And people say, whoa, isn't that punishing, like, the players mm. that are trying to make the league? You could say on one hand, yes, because there's one less spot. But then people counter that with, actually, it's beneficial maybe for those fringe guys because then... 
instead of being selected by a team, they get to, in theory, sort of pick their team, tryouts and stuff like that. So they're not then locked in to just the one organization. They can maybe We're going play. deep. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> people are tuning out, I'm sure, here. I'm watching the numbers just before here on the live stream. Uh, but that's for the, for the true sickos. Let's hear what you guys think, yeah. though. There uh, would be no on. Isaiah Thomas in that scenario. Oh, no right. number 60. Pin. No number Mr. Irrelevant, right? Number 60? Uh, okay, let's get to uh, something even more depressing and possibly more boring. Uh, injuries. Uh, a lot of injuries suddenly to talk about so I'm going to give you each injury and I want you guys to tell me on a scale of 1 to 10 how worried you are about the player's injury and maybe the impact it could have on the team okay does that make sense that goes for everybody in the stream team let's see your uh, numbers from 1 to 10 first one well, we'll work our way up here I, I, I think at least Devin Booker is expected to miss a few games with a minor hamstring injury so Lily. Get us started, scale of 1 to 10. How worried are you about this? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to say 7. Uh, and the reason I say seven? that... 7? Yeah, well, the reason I say that is seven? because when it comes to a hamstring... <laughs> seven. I'm not a doctor. I don't yep. really know. But what I do know from based on... You can get on, an intern for that. <laughs> what, I, what I'm basing that assumption on is, the uh, unless he is fully recovered, though, he cannot come back because the hamstring is one of those ones that... If there's any, if you're at 99% strength and 1%, you know, sore, or that's your injury, it's a risk to play because you can further injure yourself and be out for a long time. It's one of those things that you hear about sometimes with guys that just keeps coming back throughout the season unless it's True. completely healed. So a few games, minor hamstring. For me, a hamstring injury is a hamstring injury rather than necessarily the severity of it. So um, I, I, he could be out here for three weeks, and that's fine if you're the Suns. Because you don't want to rush him back next week, especially you're playing weight great. I mean, the win streak's nice, but way more important to be 100% healthy come playoff time because the Suns have got so much bigger goals in their mind than just making the playoffs this season. So, uh, yeah, maybe he's out for a week, maybe he's out for five weeks. Whatever he's out for, when he comes back, that hamstring cannot bother him or else it may just sort of blow up later in the season. Nice to see everybody dropping their numbers here in the stream team. You, uh, most of them a lot lower than Lee's uh, seven tasks. I mean, or, I mean, I thought Lee was going to drop me with a one, two, or three here. They're on a 17-game <laughs> win streak. They're a deep team. Cam Johnson probably gets into the starting lineup there. He has at least when Booker's missed time. And you got Landry Shamit maybe getting unlocked a little bit more. But what do you think? Maybe, yeah. maybe you agree with Lee. No, I go pretty low, especially because he's had experience with the injury before, so he knows not to come back too soon. He had it. Uh, last year, he's got he's got yeah, a ton of experience with it, so I, I'm not too worried about it. I go three or four, pretty low, especially because they're 18 and three. Yeah, they should be comfortable sitting him for a long stretch, and they just won a game against the best team in the NBA without him. Mm. Unfortunately, we won't see him on Friday when they have the rematch against the Warriors. That is very unfortunate. That sucks. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I think they should be comfortable sitting him for several games here because they are absolutely rolling and they can play without him because yeah, they're they're deep and Landry Shamit will play plenty of minutes and. Uh, so will Cam Johnson. They're solid. Yeah, it does suck he's not going to play on Friday's game in the Bay, but maybe that just sets us up for a Christmas day there, right, Trey? Where Booker's back and Clay Thompson is back, uh, hopefully, for the, for the Warriors. That could be fun. But, yeah, what are you? Uh, what number are you throwing on this this worried scale? I'm just a two on this one. The Suns are so good. They've got a couple of potential replacements in Shamit and Johnson. They've been a team that has looked like one of the deepest teams in the league uh, regardless of injuries this season. And basically anytime somebody's gone down for this team, 
another player has stepped up in his absence. I assume that will be the same. That being said, I'm going to have a preemptive LOL if the Suns blow their win streak against the Detroit Pistons. Looking ahead to playing <laughs> Ooh, against the yeah. Warriors again on Friday. That will be funny, uh, but still, they're 18-3. and three, So it's hard to be too concerned uh, as long as Booker is back eventually this season. All right, our next one here. Again, keep uh, dropping your numbers in the stream team. Damian Lillard to miss at least 10 days with lower abdominal injury. Um, you know, he's had a rough year. We all know that. He's averaging 21.5 points per game, nearly eight assists, four boards, but can't shoot the ball to save his life, connecting on just 30% of his three-point attempts. I will throw a number on this first. Although Lee's got me shook throwing a seven on Booker, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump my number up a little bit. I was gonna go six on this. Okay, so the, there is con- some concern, mainly because, you know, you talk about Booker having a hamstring injury, you know, um, and dealt with that last year. Well, Lillard estimates estimates, excuse me, that he's been battling this type of injury for four seasons, and that it comes and goes, and that he reaggravated it, of course, this season a couple times, but he hasn't played all that well. CJ is forced to be more of a facilitator, which can be okay. Anthony Simons that gets to start at point guard and in the games Lillard has missed has played all right. So there's of course concern because the Blazers have disappointed. They can't they can't lose at home and they can't win on the road, which is very, very weird. But yeah, this isn't great news, but I don't think it changes a ton, especially it being only maybe 10 days here, Tess. Uh, so I'm going six. Where would you fall around the same number, lower or higher than I am? I go pretty low because uh, Lillard has learned to live with this as well. As you said, for several seasons, when I when I talked um, to uh, uh, to the Blazers beat writer last week, he said the same thing. Um, he said exactly that that Lillard has been dealing with this for several years, and he misses a game here, and then he can come back. And their next seven of their next eight are at home, uh, so. That's solid. That's very mm-hmm. solid for them, considering they're ten and one at home and one and ten on the road. So it shouldn't be. ten days. You know, it's it's a couple games at home. I think they'll be fine. Trey, what do you think? I'm more like a seven, just because I think it's kind of curious that Lillard has had this for four seasons. He misses games here and there, but right now he's deciding to rest. That's just a little strange to me. That uh, you know the Blazers are really struggling this year. A large part of it is because. Lillard has been playing so poorly. He's shooting under 40% from the field. So if this is what he needs to get healthy and to get back on track this year to improve the Blazers' chances uh, seeding-wise, that would be great. But I don't know. It just just seems very strange to me that this is a lingering injury that he's had. But this is probably going to be the most time he misses with it. Mm -hmm. That's just uh, after all of the drama for the Blazers in the offseason, their slow start this year. I don't know. Something, Something about it seems... Some, seems off, I will say. So we'll see uh, how long this thing lingers. Leah, it also sucks that uh, the Blazers announced on Wednesday Nasir Little is going to miss at least a week with a sprained uh, left ankle, I believe it is, too. So And he, he's been sort of giving them something, some energy there as a younger guy on that roster. But w- when it comes to Lillard and, and the Blazers moving forward, what's your concern? If you were a seven on Booker, how high are you on this one? Six and a half on uh, Lillard here because it does sound like he is, is re-aggravating it because it was pretty much not known. In if he had this for the last three or four seasons and was able to play through it. But as you get a little bit older, and he's got a lot of miles in his legs there, and he's been one of the most resilient players as well. So maybe this is just a little bit of a sign that some of those uh, years are taking a little bit of a toll on him. And again, an injury like this, I don't think it's uh, a coincidence that he's shooting so badly if, he, if his abdominal is bothering him. 
he's unable to get that same sort of balance and elevation. So I think 10 days to me sounds almost too short. I think he probably needs to take a little bit more time to make sure it's completely healed before he comes back. Otherwise, as we've seen already for the second time this season, he may just re-aggravate it. So uh, it's, a, it's a weird one because LeBron had something similar and he was out for mm. about three weeks, I believe, uh, earlier in the season. So, you know, two guys... Maybe who... it's that Italian salad there. Well, oh, maybe that's, that's it. That's the yeah. link. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know LeBron doesn't answer his door. So, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't use his abs to open any doors there. But maybe he's having someone feed him. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I did uh, say- I'll say it's a good thing that it's happening alongside. Uh, I know we weren't going to talk about the Nuggets injuries slash COVID absences because they're not technically inj- injuries, but a couple guys are now missing in addition to not only Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and PJ Dozier, who are out uh, mm-hmm. with injuries, but Bones Highland and Austin Rivers are now going on the COVID 19 protocol. So check out the guards that they have left yeah. you know, for the next 10 days or so. It's Monte Morris, Facundo Campazzo, and a two-way player, Marcus Howard. That's literally the only guards they're going to have for like 10 days. Jokic is going to play point guard, shooting guard, small forward. They may sign somebody with a player exemption, but they are desperate uh, right. for guards. So it's kind of a good thing for the Blazers at the bottom of the Western Conference playoff picture for it to be you know, lining up with the Blazers who are down there. I'm sorry, the Nuggets who are down there. Uh, you know, there's teams falling off, so they should still be in the playoff picture when uh, Dame gets back. Some concern, though, if you're a Blazers fan, I would say that uh, Neil O'Shea will use this as an excuse to run the same roster out next season. Well, Lillard wasn't 100% healthy. Uh, let's just uh, run it back again. You, you think he'll be there happening. next season? I, I mean, who knows? O'Shea and Lillard? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm but not you can convinced. See- that he what which one more either, than shit. either yeah either. Is, i'm telling you this is a weird season for lillard this guy has been the most loyal guy in the league all over the summer it was could he potentially request a trade i remember the article from chris haynes where he was saying he didn't like the reception from blazers fans when it was potentially that he could be leaving they had the big smoothing over piece that came once again from mm-hmm. Chris Haynes about this Italian salad dinner that they had. <laughs> and now he's missing the most time for an injury that he's had for four seasons. It just, I don't know. Something is strange there. Obviously things are weird in Portland. Nurkic wanted to leave last year, but he came back. I don't think that's a happy team. And I wouldn't mm. be surprised if this is uh, the prelude to something bigger for the players. I, I think Trey's tra- tra- about to send out a tweet with just all these fishes and saying something's fishy going on there in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Trey will, tra- will just be holding a fish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's right, yeah. I, I was looking up pictures of Vince Carter at the end of his Toronto Raptors run last night is what I'm saying. Mm. With whoa, whoa, what a comparison. Mm. Yikes, Blazers fans. Don't want to hear that. You're going to be getting... Uh, Aaron Williams back in a train or something like that. <laughs> Zoe will be coming back, but he won't play. Oh, goodness. Something's right. bi- something big seems like it's going to happen very soon, whether it's Dame or at least with the investigation going on. When I talked to Jason Quick last week, he was throwing out every name, whether it's Yusuf Nurkic, they don't necessarily believe in him. Mm. The CJ McCollum, Lillard backcourt's got to be broken up. Yep. Uh, it's surprising that it's nothing has happened to this point. So Trey makes a, a good point that, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's snowballing. That's for sure, the Lillard situation. But he was dealing with the injury in the Olympics as well. Uh, so it's, you know, maybe it's the 10 days is just finally he's taking some time off. That, that would be the positive outlook. But there's going to be some changes somewhere because, as Jason Quick said, things are crumbling. Front office, on the floor, but Phillips is holding it together so far. Well, at least at home. Again, they're 10-1 and one at home and 1-10 and 10 on the road. That is, you don't. You don't see that very often. No. I mean, I'd love for somebody to, uh, like a Schumann, to crunch the numbers on that. Didn't the Miami Heat do a weird thing like that one season where they were like 31 and 10 on the at home yeah. and 10 and 31 on the road? Yeah, that, like does, that. that does sound right. And Philly was the same way that same I think maybe season. The same I, year, yeah. yeah. Weird stuff. All right. Final one here, Tass. You can throw the first number on it. Bam out of bio. Expected to miss roughly six weeks. Four to six weeks we're seeing after having surgery on a torn UCL. We're talking about the thumb here. Um, how worried are you? For for Bam and the Heat, of course. I'm going high. Yeah. Um, especially as, as we talked about this Eastern Conference, you can't slip. I go seven and a half with Bam because this is a legit you know, four to eight weeks. So it's going to be somewhere in there. And it's not a deep team to begin with. And especially at the big man position, they are thin. Markeith Morris is still out after that, uh, you know, that little fracas, brouhaha, melee, whatever you want to call it, with Nikola Jokic. Dwayne Dedman has a bruised right knee. Uh, he's playing, but you look at the lineups that they're rolling out there. Uh, because Jimmy Butler is also sitting out some games, they're playing Lowry, Hero, Robinson, Tucker, and Dedman in a loss to the Cavs last night. Just not a very uh, scary team offensively, especially with the way Duncan Robinson is playing and Butler being out. He's missed five games this season. So they're such a team that's built for the playoffs. They have you know strong, strong starters in Lowry uh, and, and Tucker and Butler, and hopefully when Robinson gets back to playing his normal self. But uh, that's, that's not a team that's uh, destined to be great in the regular season because they just are pretty thin. Now, mm-hmm. guys are coming in. And playing hashtag heat culture like Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and Omar Yurt7. What a name. Uh, so those dudes are playing well uh, and filling in. And, and Caleb Martin, they, they plucked a, a Martin brother from Charlotte and he's playing well. So maybe they can do this. But at the, at the big man position, they're going to be really, really thin without Bam. This is a legit injury uh, that, that'll keep him out for yeah five, six weeks, most likely. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about this team dropping down. Jimmy's got to come back and carry this thing. Yeah, Lee, what do you think? I mean, if this four to six weeks is to be believed, he's looking at missing a quarter of the season uh, almost. It's a good chunk of time. Uh, how oh, worried are you? Uh, yeah, uh, for the Heat, probably seven and a half here because when you say ligament, that just sounds bad. You know, a torn ligament, it's going to take a lot of time to repair. And, and the, the four to six week range... Maybe best case scenario, it is only a month. Worst case scenario, maybe it drags out for two months. But PJ Tucker probably is now actually their best big guy. You know, really. I mean, Morris, when he comes back, kind of is, but he's a bit of a different player there. And Deadman, uh, you know, he's intimidating, certainly to look at, but um, I don't think he really fills the hole. But Bam was having... Cool runnings reference. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Bam was having another great season, 18 to 10. You know, that mid-range game's looking really great. And then just defensively, his presence... They haven't got anyone who can replace that. P.J. Tucker is tough as nails, but he's nowhere near the sort of rim protection, of course, that Bam provides there. So uh, they are going to miss him badly. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat try to even get a deal, make a deal themselves and just get some more protection because I just think they're very, very thin now in the middle. Yeah, I saw Kevin Pelton writing about this injury. TK, I thought it was a smart part, uh, point from him. 
that Spolstra might go with a whole lot more zone defense. I guess when uh, when Deadman is out there, they tend to do that compared to Bam, who can get out there and guard, obviously, on the perimeter and move uh, a lot better than Deadman does So because he struggles to defend in space. We'll see if they uh, continue to do that. They've done it before. Spolstra isn't afraid to go something like that, but how worried are you with no Bam here for four to six weeks? I'm like an eight and a half because I think this is the worst injury of the three we're talking about, and it certainly comes at the worst timing, like y'all are mentioning. The Heat are already a little banged up. In the next six weeks, 13 of their next 21 games are on the road. They've got a four-game road trip against mostly Eastern Conference teams and then a seven-gamer against mostly Western Conference teams. The Heat right now are only two games out of 11th place. It only takes a couple of bad weeks here in the Eastern Conference to really start plummeting down the standings. So if they're uh, running a mash unit out there and trying to reconfigure their defense on the fly it could make for an ugly couple of weeks here uh for miami and if that's the case don't be surprised to see him falling down the standings one guy i just thought about it's obviously not an injury it's health and safety protocol did we get an update on lebron james on what's going on with him is he going to be returning soon or is he going to be again out for 10 days sort of minimum there well uh, yeah. yeah I, I saw, I think he they, he had three separate tests and two of them returned a positive and one a negative. Mm-hmm. And under the league's protocols, that means he has to isolate for 10 days, I believe. Okay. So I haven't seen any update on that, but other, yeah. than, other than his tweet yesterday, which was uh, that Right, and we never got a follow-up one. to that too, did mm-hmm. we? No. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Okay, uh, we are going to take our, our final break here. For today's No Dunks, when we come back, we got Tweet of the Night and uh, Pick'em results and, of course, making our picks for tonight. So a lot still to come. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, back with No Dunks. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, a lot of great tweets of the night last night. I actually had a tough time picking one. I saw that uh, Nick Van Exel and Dominique Wilkins were smoking cigars together for Nick Van Exel's 50th birthday. That was a pretty cool photo. Didn't really have much else to add right there. Yeah, what doesn't that say Nikki Van Exel on the back? Yeah, it, sa- it says Nikki Van Exel on the back <laughs> of the card. This was like a weird series where they put their like real f- entire name. Is that Nikki... Yeah, Nikki, uh, what was it? Maxwell? Is that Nikki Maxwell Van Axel. Yeah. There's also uh, some Saved by the Bell cards in here. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love wow. how it says Zach, but in uh, quotations, because yeah. it's not his real name. <laughs> Kelly. Kelly, quotations. 
I hear uh, Mark Paul Gosseler has a very good podcast these days. <laughs> I don't really? know if it's true. Feel free to look into it. Here's another great tweet I saw last night. It comes from J.E. Skeet. <laughs> hey, Trey Kirby. <laughs> Heard you like tall hats. Oh, au contraire, mon frère. I love tall hats. <laughs> look at this guy and his tall toque. Oh, tall toque Skeetsy. I love it. I always thought that Matt Austin was going to be the only one of my friends who I had an entire... And uh, like years worth of pictures of them wearing silly hats, but we're starting to pile them up here. <laughs> My man used to never wear a hat, but now he only wears funny ones. So that That's was true. another one that I was considering. <laughs> oh man, that was a heavy hat. Wasn't oh it? yeah. Tall hats. Fun. This is the year. This is indeed the year for tall hats. But you mentioned it earlier, Skeetsy. A lot of these Spotify wrapped uh, playlists. I don't know what you would call yeah. it. Nah. Recaps. Documentations, recaps, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Those were dominating uh, Twitter last night. Shout out to everybody giving us that no dunk love. I love it. I love it when you tag us. But I especially love it when you don't tag us and I see us show up high on somebody else's podcast that you tagged. That's the great stuff. I saw we were number one on one of Amir Blumenfeld's shares. So that was pretty oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, Very cool. Nice. So keep those coming. And also... Apple Podcast users, get those reviews in. We got Five Star Friday coming up tomorrow. None of those, however, are tweets of the night. Tweet of the night comes from Tori McDaddy on Twitter, who says he wants to see basketball reference wrapped. <laughs> Tells you how many wow. times you've looked at a random draft class or Rajon Rondo's <laughs> game logs or whatever. Tori says that his top genres would be shoot first point guards, lumbering 80s big men. <laughs> He's from New York? Drew Barry, pseudo floor spacers, and of course, good God, Mo Bamba sucks. So my question to y'all, <laughs> wow. if they ran a basketball reference wrapped at the end of the year, the end of the season, what do you think would be your most viewed basketball reference page, genre, whatever? Well, you know what mine is. Oh, this <laughs> bring MVP tracker. Exactly. I'm going to it right now. MVP tracker. It's down on the right-hand side. What's happening? Oh, let's click on this. Oh, okay. We got Steph Curry still in the lead, guys. But it's dropped a little bit. Giannis now in second. Yeah, that would mm. be my answer. Yeah. I had the hots for the all-time points list for a long mm. time because I was thinking that Andrew Wiggins could get to 20K. I was looking at guys who... Got to 20,000, but didn't make all-star games. The marker saw, or didn't make uh, the hall, like Joe Johnson, Antoine Jameson. Uh, and I'm out looking to see if LeBron's reaching the top. When's he going to get to the top? So that was my that was my bookmark for a while. Mm. Yeah, mine's, mine's kind of similar, like with Steph Curry closing in on the three-pointers record there of Ray Allen. Like, who's next? Could someone else get him? Where is, like... Like Reggie Miller, you know, he might be 25th in like five years' time, you know, like how many guys are going to overtake him? So things like that. And uh, also, I, I think block shots for some reason. I, I'm always looking at the block <laughs> shots. Who's going to, is anyone going to catch Akeem Elijah one? But uh, yeah, Chris Paul, do you see? So that's a thing. It sort of starts that rabbit hole. You know, you look at three pointers, oh, yeah. then you just click on the other categories. And you're like, oh, who's going to finish, you know, like this guy could finish top 10, top three, top two, whatever it is. So uh, yeah. It's great. Shout out well, to Basketball Reference. Oh, I was going to say, well, we had a question yesterday that was when we hit the beach on yesterday's show, you know, what's something NBA adjacent you love that maybe wasn't the most popular, but you always thought was underrated. Now, I think most people do enjoy Basketball Reference, but I'm with you, Lee. 
terribly underrated still. Mm. Yeah. I, like, I live on basketball reference. Like, there's so much information there, <laughs> yeah. and it's so well laid out. And, you know, look, because we work at The Athletic, we even get the pro subscription. You can go do some crazy things with that. It's underrated. It's uh, as even as much as we talk about it, and I'm sure a lot of the basketball sickos here in the stream team know about it. Still underrated task. Yeah, Sack I think it. one thing they could improve on though is they they tweet out the images of the ten players that are on the the front page. Yes, and they say who are these guys? How many can you name? Mm-hmm. And so I you know I I'm I've fallen off. I don't know a lot of them, and I want to know who they are. And so I go to their page. But it's not the same yeah, image different. as they tweet out. So how am I supposed to know that that's Samardo Samuels? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, wait, I'm looking in the replies and waiting for somebody Samardo to reply. That's Samardo. But that's some, Samardo. That's Samardo. Some, some of them don't, and some of them do know that it's Samardo. So it takes a while, right? To, yeah, to well, they, it all they also stole that from us. I mean, I know it's their website. <laughs> it is their we website. We came up with the basketball reference. <laughs> That's our game. That's our office game. And it works better, you're right, in person altogether because then we can all look at it and we can try and name all the guys. And then if you don't know the guy, ooh, a little hover over the photo and mm. there's there's Samardo. Uh, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, it's a great game. How, would it be insane to play a, a round of it? Real quick, would it be right completely? now? Fire it up! Yeah, all fire right. it up, Trey. Uh, Share your screen. I, I, why I, I, not? I, yeah, why not? Sharing screens. Who are these guys? Yeah, okay. We're gonna play all a little right. basketball reference. Who the hell is this guy? So we just look at the photos. That, what is it? Ten or twelve or something like that? Photos. Twelve. That gives us? And we're gonna go is from 12? the top left here. An easy one. Ah, Paul Millsap. Paul. All right. all right. Who's next? Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Edwards. All right. First hard one. Ooh, is, is that, that Kendrick? A that's a Pistons. No. That's a Pistons. Um. It's not Seku. No. No, uh-uh. no, it's not. No. Um, I don't know this. Come on. One. People are saying Kent Thomas. Uh, yeah, Kyrie or, Thomas. Oh, Kyrie, Kyrie Thomas. Kyrie Thomas is this next. This is Kenny Thomas. Yeah. Okay. John, John Wall. Oh, hey. Oh, Gravis yeah. Vasquez. Oh, oh, yeah, that's Biscuits. That is bottom left. We got a Raptor. Ah, uh, Ken Birch. Nope. No, that's a... Uh, uh, no, no. What's his name? Last <laughs> season. Yeah. Um, it's not Gillespie, name? is it? Nope. Um, Jalen Harris. 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 All right, next to Jalen Harris, in between Isaiah Thomas. Who is this? It's a New York. That's a Nick. Is that, that's um, a Nick. Uh, he looks. He looks like yeah, uh, like a mid a mid two thousands Nick. I'm thinking. Um, it's not you get one, one guess, Dixon. Lee. Give, give, uh, do you know Trey? No idea. Oh, no idea. Okay. No idea. It's not Charlie Ward, is it? No, <laughs> I don't think no, so. No. Fred, Fred Jones. Jones. Oh, I knew it. That's why I said Juan Dixon. Don't remember yeah. him as a as a Nick. As a Nick Definitely yeah. not. Uh, does anybody know Isaiah. who this next one is? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who's that next guy? San Antonio Spur, it looks like, recently, yeah. based on the ad on the jersey. Good call. Ooh. That's a tough name? one. Quindaro Weatherspoon. Wow. All right, the next two I think are gettable. You know this guy. He's got a chance. Uh, yeah. Marcus yeah. Yeah. And Luke Cornett. Is that oh, Luke Cornett? Oh, that's Luke Cornett. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That would be high on my list of basketball reference pages that I looked at uh, most three-pointers by a seven-footer in NBA history. Ah, uh, yeah. Cornette yeah, just yeah. climbing up the charts. Wow. Man, that's fun. We what might have to do that on tomorrow's Drop Podcast again. I yeah. love that game. I can't wait till we're back in the office together. We, we would do that for hours. <laughs> Boom, hit refresh. Let's do another 12. <laughs> <laughs> we're just refreshing all day, waiting for him to update the pictures. Yeah, some of those are... Quind- what was the name? Quindary Weatherspoon. Quindary wow, Weatherspoon. Yeah. Didn't know his name is Quindary. I'd seen the Weatherspoon before, but wow. Amazing. All right, guys. 
Let's start wrapping up this show. First, we got Pick'em Results brought to you by Bet MGM. Uh, last night, we went with the Hawks Pacers game. I continue to struggle in the Pick'em, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, got it wrong. I had the Pacers, so did Lee, but the Hawks just covered. Just got the victory for Tass and Trey as we start our new month of December here. So, tonight's game, Tass, uh, not a lot of, uh, of games on the schedule, only five. Where are we going? But we got a good one in Madison Square Garden. The Bulls visiting for the first time this season. They've played twice, both in Chicago. They got a split there in Chicago. So here we go. Tibbs, welcome in the Bulls. I feel like the Knicks can bounce back after their loss to the Nets. So I'm taking them while all you guys, I understand. I understand why you're taking the Bulls. I feel like the favorite, but I'm a pattern man. I'm a pattern man, first game. In Chicago this year, the Knicks won, and the Bulls won, so I think the Knicks are going to bounce back and take mm. care of the Bulls. Okay. But uh, you, you, it's, a, it's a coin flip for sure. It's a, it's a 1.5 line, uh, and the Knicks are getting that. So if it's a buzzer beater by Zach Levine, or if it's DeMar who doesn't slip and he bangs on home and the Bulls win by one Knicks cover. That's true. That's true. It could happen. Hopefully it's a close game. That's for sure. Uh, we got that one. We got Bucks raptors Got Thunder Grizzlies, I believe, Pistons, Suns, and Spurs Blazers. So we'll be talking about some of those games on tomorrow's Drop Podcast. And uh, maybe you have a question or two, so send it in. Maybe we'll hit the beach. Maybe we'll play more basketball reference. Who is that guy? It's not the greatest audio content in the world, is it? Uh, it's a lot of fun on the stream team, maybe. But uh, anyway, we'll figure it out. Drop tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can join us live on YouTube, and we'll turn that into a podcast as soon as humanly possible. New no buffs. Coming later today, where we recap last night's Survivor episode, Jason Concepcion. Going to join Trey, JD, and myself about 5, 5.30 p.m. Eastern over on the No Buffs YouTube page. And again, that's turned into a podcast in its own separate feed. So make sure you subscribe if you're a Survivor fan. And that's about it. Anything else, Lily? You, you, you want to talk bowls? I got a live room with Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic coming up at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. He's in New York, obviously, for Bulls Knicks tonight. Uh, I think okay. you can find it on either The Athletic app or their website. You got to be a subscriber to ask questions, but anybody can listen about okay. how much the Bulls are back. Okay. So you said 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, yep. So in a mere hour here. A mere hour. Search that out on the Athletic app. I'm sure Trey will be tweeting it, and we'll get that fired off from the No Dunks, Inc. Twitter account as well. Lily, what do you got in store for the rest of the day? Anything fun? Uh, I've got a parent-teacher interview. Yeah. Oh. That, that should be exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, one or two other things. I'm actually uh, I'm actually putting together a little article uh, for the Athletic on my trip to Liverpool. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, nice little so, tease there. Yeah, we'll see how that. I've I've started. I mean, I've actually written tons. It'll probably have to be passed down to a you know from sixty five thousand words to you know something more consumable. But sure. uh, yeah, working on it. So hopefully, how, get how's the book coming along? Oh well, you know the book's on the back burner for the time okay. being. Uh, but um, yeah, I hope this article comes out in the next. Uh, well, maybe tomorrow. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But uh, still working on it. So. You know. Keep an eye. Oh, yeah. you got time to get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. <laughs> Actually, I don't want you to release a book anytime soon. Too many books to read. Ah, yeah. I got cover stories still to get through. You guys just gave me the Pippin book. Mm. Uh, we got this one from uh, Marcus Thompson II about nice. dynasties. There's a, I got a I got a Hamaka Schlemma catalog. <laughs> I got to go through every page and pick out gifts for you guys. So, uh, yeah, Lee, hold off on writing that book. If you all, right, for, all right, all right, all right. Good timing. For, for, 
for a couple months <laughs> at the very least. Okay, guys, we will talk to you if you're a Survivor fan later today. And if not, we'll see you on the Drop Podcast tomorrow morning. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. And remember, read a book. And embrace the day, people. Thank you.